Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode's with Dawn Barry. She's the owner of Dawn of a Better You. She's an empowerment coach. She came to the podcast via our PodMax Global event. You got to check out more at podmax.co. Stay tuned. You're going to love this episode. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I like to joke that we're an international podcast because we're bringing a guest to you today all the way from Canada. Uh, I'm sitting down with Dawn Barry. She is the owner, co-owner, her and her husband of the Red Brick Cafe and Gift House. Hey, she's also the owner of Dawn of a Better You. She's an empowerment coach. She's also a business owner. We're going to be digging into some of her insights on growing your own business. Dawn, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you, Blake. It's an honor to be here. Sometimes I get so energized that I kind of forget where I'm going, but it's kind of like the old Michael Scott. I don't know if you've ever watched The Office, but he's like, I just start a sentence and I hope that I'm going to end it. You know, something's going to come out that ends the sentence. So that's how I feel sometimes, but I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited to be here. So we have a lot to talk about, and I don't even really know where to start with you because you are a unique guest in the sense of you have a couple of different things that you're working on. You also, I know just from looking at your bio, have a pretty in- interesting, interesting is maybe the, the softer word I could use, a pretty crazy story um, for what's happened to you in the past. Uh, where, where should we start today? Um. <laughs> <laughs> we can start sort of at the beginning uh, yeah. with the car accident. Okay, let's, I, start, let's start there, yeah. Okay, 17 years ago, I was in a major car accident that really had me stop and think about what I wanted to accomplish with my life. And I was in hospital for about 10 weeks, and while I was in the rehab section, I really honed in on the fact that I could empower people without really trying to because I was the youngest there by probably about 15 years and a lot of other people that were in rehab were of the generation that the doctor's always right you don't question it you just do what you're told and I'm kind of a social butterfly so I'd go and I'd talk to these people and They'd let me into their confidence, and they're like, I don't understand this. And I said, well, ask. And they're like, what do you mean, ask? And it's like, ask the doctor. Why is he doing it this way? Hmm. So it was very interesting to see how that generation really reacted when you gave them permission to go into action. Hmm. And it was from there that I really started to think, There's something in me that needs to help people. Hmm. And I think that helped a lot in my recovery as well. 
Well, so going back to that moment, I mean, um, and I don't want to speak for you, but but obviously there's sort of like this gift of the moment of as tragic as the the car wreck was, you sort of have this outcome of, wow, I there's something positive that comes out of this. Talk to me, you know, not everyone has those sort of life altering moments. Um, did you land there immediately or like what, what did the first couple of days in the hospital look like? Uh, they were kind of a gray area because I was going through a couple of operations and just trying to figure out what exactly was going on mm. because by nature, I'm curious. I need to know. I, I need to know everything. So it was like, okay, well, they're putting you on these pain meds. No, they're not. Uh, yeah, these are what you're prescribed. No, I'm not taking them. <laughs> so it was uh, a very interesting time to get to know the nurses and the people in your ward and really connect with people because I couldn't just lay there. I, it was driving me nuts. Are you a connector by nature? I am. <laughs> so you're, you're the person in the hospital that everyone wants to be. It's like, oh, I finally have that person in my hospital room or in my ward or whatever. Because uh, I'm sure there's people in the hospital too. They don't have a lot of family showing up. They don't have a lot of people who are, who are visiting them. But you seem like someone, no matter where you are, you're looking for that genuine connection. It, it, it's something that I really value. It's something that makes life meaningful to me. And even uh, when I was in rehab, I'd like hop in the wheelchair and go to the nurse's station and we'd have coffee and we'd chat a little bit about how the night went because I didn't sleep a whole lot. And then I'd go to rehab and then I'd go into the day room and connect with whoever was in there. And we actually had um, our recreation people would leave at four o'clock, but there were people that really needed something after four o'clock. So it was like, well, can I order half a slab cake because so-and-so is leaving the hospital today and can we bring in the VCR and the TV and we'll just do a movie night and a little what, party. And what, what's, <laughs> hang on. What's, what's a VCR? I knew you were going to ask. Me. <laughs> half, half my listeners are like, wait a second. What, <laughs> What are these shenanigans you're talking about here? <laughs> Precursor to a DVD. How is yeah. that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Even Here's the deal. Even nowadays, wait, what's a DVD? Because, you know, now we have Blu-ray, everyone streams. Exactly. <laughs> who, who goes out and buys a DVD anymore? I don't know. Um, but no, this is, interesting to, this is interesting to think about because, I, you know, something that I think is really powerful for the aspiring business owner, for the aspiring entrepreneur, wh whatever people are going to go do, whether that's business or something else, it's, it's the things that are intrinsic to you as a person. And it feels like to be successful in business, there has to be things that are true about you in terms of your character. One of those things, I think, is intentionality and, a, and, and, and empathy for people. You know, if the people who go on to grow a business because they, they genuinely want to offer something valuable to people, those are the people who I think are more successful long-term than the person who's just thinking like, how do I make a quick buck? What you're talking about is that type of person. It's, you know, you're, you're, you're in this hospital bed, you're in 10 weeks in the hospital, which I can actually, I don't know what it would be like in Canada. In America, you would owe like millions of dollars, by the way. Um, so you're, you're in the hospital. It's interesting 
that your perspective wasn't, woe is me, 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 but you started to look outward at the people, you know, the nurses, the other patients. I think that's an interesting detail about who you are as a person. Well, I, I had to have the connection. That I think that was the biggest part of my healing because I wasn't on medication in the hospital. I was actually in the, the hospital at that point just to heal enough to go home. Hmm. So my mind wasn't uh, clouded by drugs or anything. So it was like, no, I got to keep it stimulated. Hmm. And uh, the best way for me to stimulate my brain is to hear other people's stories. Hmm. Well, so you're, you're in the hospital, you start, you know, you're, I guess out of habit, part personality, you're, you're empowering people even in, even around you in this moment of where you'd have every right to just focus on you you know, you're looking outward, you're empowering others around you, empowering other patients. Um, and I, I would guess in even the relationship building with the nurses or whoever, as they're sharing their life stories, you're probably, I would venture to guess, are empowering them as well, saying, you know, well, you can do something about that uh, for whatever situation they're talking about. How did you, I mean, when you immediately left the hospital, were you already thinking about Donna the Better You? Or talk to me a little bit about the transition into I'm going to actually do something professionally with this. I hadn't considered it actually when I got out of the hospital. Um, just before the accident, I was an auto worker who was laid off. Uh, but I enjoy being in the union so much for the charitable stuff they did. So that was what really drove me with the union. And I really wanted to get back to doing something with them. So I, I'd contact them and they're like, well, you're at home. Would you like to help us out on this or help us out on that? So, and I was still in a wheelchair, so I couldn't drive. I wasn't mobile. So it was like, yeah, give me something to do. I'll do it. I, I just want to be part of something at this point. And then um, after all the healing was done, my doctor basically said, well, um, you can't drive in rush hour traffic hmm. just because of uh, the injury to my ankle. So it was then that we actually moved up to Sundridge. And I was kind of feeling... Like, I didn't know where I was going. So, I was with, like, multiple volunteer agencies because, again, I needed to be doing something for somebody else. And uh, it was from there that my husband was going through a divorce at the time. And I said, look, come on up. Just nobody will know you. Nobody will be able to talk about what's going on with you. And... He was up for the fair weekend. He left on the Sunday. We started dating on the Wednesday. We were engaged by Christmas, uh, married actually in Vegas on June 1st because we didn't realize the Monday was a holiday for you guys. <laughs> and we bought the cafe within two months after getting married. So... 
it was kind of in the back of my mind, but at the same time, everything was going so fast. It was, okay, let's just focus on what we're doing now and go forward with it. Hmm. Well, so then, so then how did this go from, and, and I do want to talk about, I do want to talk about the cafe, but, but digging in on you a little bit more, obviously you have this gifting that's, that's, um, I, I don't want to say it's asleep inside of you, but you're obviously using it, but in, in terms of taking it from something that kind of flares, it's, it's, um, beautiful head and it shows up and it empowers people. How did you go or, or when did that, that gifting start to now become what then would become Dawn of a Better You of I'm going to be an empowerment coach. I'm going to do this. I'm going to not just give encouragement or advice to people, but I'm going to actually coach people and be proactive in this. Uh, what, what did that look like? That was actually one of the outcomes from buying the cafe because it, it's only my husband and I that are running it. So we have our regulars and we talk to our regulars all the time. And we found that because my husband's a retired mechanic, people would come in to see him and ask automotive advice. And people would come in and, and tell, start telling me about their life. And, you know, I'm not really comfortable with this part of my life. And I've never been one to tell people what to do. So I've always tried to get people to figure out their own ways to get to their destination. And I guess it was probably seven or eight years in, I thought, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I think I'm going to actually take a course and see what it really is and what I really need to do this professionally and get paid. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's sort of the, um, you know, I just think if so many people, maybe even people who are listening right now, who they, they, they can probably resonate with your story a little bit in the sense of they know they have a gifting, but therein lies the question of now, how do I turn this into something that has any, some kind of monetary return on it where I can get paid doing it? Because it feels like, I, I, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm acting like you're on the other side of the world. I don't, I was going to say, I was going to say, I don't know what it's like in Canada, but it, it feels like in America, at least, or in, in, in U.S. culture, in U.S. work culture, that more often than not, people are like, you ask them what they do for a living and they're like, okay, I do X, you know, I'm a salesperson, I'm a, you know, whatever. And then you ask, well, what do you think about it? And more often than not, most people's response is, oh, I hate it. Or it's, it's, you know, I, it's whatever, you know, I'm, I'm indifferent to it, Right. Or they say something like, what I really wish I could do is blank. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's kind of silly stuff like, oh, I wish I could just sit at home and watch movies all day. And you're like, okay, well, that's, that's never going to be a thing. But then you have people who are like, oh, I've always dreamed of being a um, photographer or a journalist or a writer or a, um, you know, something in a totally different career, maybe totally different industry. I have a friend of mine who, he's like, man, I've always thought about being an animator which he's an, he's an awesome artist. I just, I, he just never, never pursued that career. But more often than not, like I was saying, I, I was just talking to a friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago. Actually, this would have been uh, several months ago. And we were talking about his job and he was like, I hate it. I am so miserable here. And I said, what are you going to do about it? And he said, well, I think I'm going to work here for another five years or so. <laughs> but that is so common in our culture 
You on the flip side, you are um, living out your dream. You're living out what you feel you have a calling in and a gifting in and a passion in. What encouragement do you have for people who are maybe listening who, who again, they resonate with what you're saying. They know they have a gifting, but they just don't know the next step. Practice your gift as much as you can until it becomes part of you. Mm. And once it's part of you, then you have the confidence to step out and really say, okay, you know what? This is part of my being now. This is what I wake up for every day. And that will just help push the days that are you're questioning that will really help you push forward to get to where you want to go. Well, and it does seem like there is a lot of second guessing and fear-based thinking and what if it doesn't work or what if I, and I imagine that, you know, your husband, um, it sounds like was very supportive of you figuring things out and figuring out how you wanted this gifting to uh, be illustrated professionally. Um, it feels like there's another insight there on people who are wanting to walk out their calling, making sure that they're surrounding themselves with people who can support them and promote them and encourage them. Um, have you found that to be the case for yourself? Well, again, it's all about finding your tribe, right? Finding the people that you really resonate with. Uh, if you're in a job you hate, you're probably not around a lot of people that are going to encourage you other than to stay at your job, play it safe. And unfortunately, that's what society has really taught us to do. You know, you, you go to school, you get married, you have kids, you get a job, and that's your lot in life. But it's not. <laughs> it never is. You don't have to go to school to make a good life. You don't have to get married and have a family to have a good life because we're not all the same. Mm. And it's, it's digging down deep to really figure out what resonates with you in order for you to move forward. Mm. And so many of us are scared of that looking into because they don't know what they're going to find. Well, and it seems like some people aren't even really sure how, you know, you talk to people about when's the last time that they, took like a day for themselves to really, and I don't mean like a day for yourself to like get a bunch of housework done. I mean like a day for yourself to like really um, intrinsically self-reflect. Um, and people are really busy and it feels like even when people aren't busy, they're desperately looking for more work to fill the days with. Um, I, I don't know how self-reflective we are as a culture. Um, so. Well, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and they said you know it's really interesting go and ask somebody you're close to who they are not what they do for work but who they are as a person without any anything that's defining them in their head right now so you can't say okay I'm a, an entrepreneur and uh, loving wife and, and this, but who are you? Like at your core, who are you? And there's so many people that will stop and go, I've never thought about it. Mm. And 
if you can answer that, you're way ahead of the curve to begin with. But people look at you and go, I don't know how to answer that. Why and is, that's one. Why, why is that though? I, I agree, but why? Why are so few people able? And and I don't want to. I I know for a fact I have people listening right now who they're listening to you ask that question, and they're in their car driving somewhere, they're at home, they're wherever, and they're thinking about who, what is my identity? Who am I really? Separate from my work, you know, separate from what I do. Who am I really? And I would venture to guess you're right that most people don't know how to answer that question. They don't know what to say. They don't know what the answer is. Why is that the case? Because we've been socially programmed to not answer the question. Because if we start answering the question, we're going to start breaking out of the molds. Hmm. And if we start breaking out of the molds and start thinking differently, we could be asking dangerous questions. Hmm. Because if everybody could come out and do what they love and be entrepreneurs or partners with people that they truly love doing, where are we going to get the minions that are going to do the, <laughs> right? So it's, it's kind of, it's almost social conditioning hmm. to not ask the question, do what you're supposed to do and be happy with it or be satisfied with it or just do it. Well, and I, you know, even outside of like social norms, it, there's even like, um, you know, I've, 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 there's even gender norms in the sense of I've been a room, I've been in a room with a bunch of men and we start to have this conversation and there's a real like apprehension around, um, I, I'm emasculating myself. If I indulge in the question of who am I, what's, which is so funny because, because, because every man, every person wants to know their purpose, their calling, what should I be doing? Who am I? But it's interesting even sometimes having to push through that, that layer of resistance of if I stop to really reflect and think, I'm somehow, I'm, I'm not out there doing, therefore I'm less of uh, the man I should be. Um, so I think even that it, it adds layers of complexity to it as well. Oh, exactly. We're all onions, right? You, you've got so many layers to actually figure out who you are at your core because there's so many expectations from people and from parents and from spouses and teachers. And you've been taught so much of so many other people's ideals mm. that it's really hard for you to figure out what yours are. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. It's, it's kind of like... I'm thinking about um, my wife and I, we've been married for almost seven years. And it's interesting the things that I do think, say, whatever, that are just, um, the, it's, it's me just channeling whatever my parents have taught me or have placed on me or my lifestyle, who I've been friends with, rather than maybe what's actually intrinsic to me. And I think that's positive and negative. But it's interesting to really start to think about who you are as a person and separate who am I really with, uh, separate that with um, the things we've kind of just acquired and picked up along the way. And we don't realize how much we've picked up until we stop and think about where did this idea come from? Yeah. So hmm. a lot of it's not even necessarily our learning, but what we were taught. Mm. I feel like, I mean, it, just as I'm listening to you now, I'm like, 
<laughs> self-analyzing myself. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, well, who am I really? I'm sure my my listeners are as well. Let let's. This has been amazing so far. Let's transition the conversation a little bit. I want to talk about Red Brick Cafe and Gift House. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about that business that you're working on. And for all of my listeners, next time you're in Sundridge, Ontario, you got to just you got to just go out of your way and check this place out because I'm sure it is an amazing experience. Um, something something that's that's already stood out to me when you mentioned the business earlier in the episode. You talked about how you and your husband have a habit of talking to your customers and chatting with your customers, and I really like that because a lot of people are just they're they're in their business just to make as much money as possible, which there's nothing wrong with making money, but it almost feels like sometimes we miss the human side of business. This sounds like something that you're really good at, the human side, the relationship side, the customer focus side. Talk to me a little bit about uh, Red Brick Cafe. Well, this was one of our crazy ideas right after we got married. On literally two months after we were married, uh, we bought and opened the Red Brick Cafe. <laughs> so it was kind of a, a whirlwind, whirlwind thing. And as I mentioned before, my husband's a retired mechanic. So there's a lot of people in the area that want to self-diagnose their vehicles and can I save some money and everything. So we have a group of people that come in and speak to him. And then we have a group of people that come in and speak to me for insight sometimes, uh, just a different perspective on things. So the cafe, and we love the cafe because we, especially before COVID, would get groups of people in. And every group of people has their separate story. And it's, it's hearing the stories and being able to connect with them on a, a level that they're not used to being connected with that keeps bringing them back. Mm. Like we have our cottagers in the area that would never even think of going to Tim Horton's because they want to come in for the experience. And we love them for that. And they bring their grandkids in and their kids. And it's like, okay, I don't know what I want today. Well, then we get to do the whole self-analyzing thing on a different level. It's like, so do you feel like sweet or do you not feel like sweet? Do you feel hot or cold? There, and it, it's an experience that we enjoy building for the people coming in. Um, there have been a couple of people that just, they love their hot chocolates, but it's like, Oh, have you tried like caramel in your hot chocolate? Oh no. Game changer. <laughs> uh, well, and that's just it. Right. So it's, it's knowing the people enough to say, have you tried this or, we think you might really like this as a change to what you normally get. Yeah. Uh, even just switching up teas for tea drinkers. Cause they're like, Oh, I'm just, I like my black tea. That's it. Oh, well, you know, I'm feeling a little off today. Oh, is your stomach bothering you? Why don't we try peppermint tea? Yeah. And see how that works. sir. <laughs> you know, I, I just, I really admire this, this part of your story because we, it just feels like 
and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rip on people, but it, it feels like it's the temptation is to get again be so impatient in the sense of how do I get the next sale? How do I drive revenue? And 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 obviously, it's an important question because everyone's in business to have a business. But you're talking about a patience for building that experience that doesn't. It doesn't come through because um, when we talk about like experience, like customer experience, a lot of times people think about, um, you know, uh, banners on the wall or like um, decorations you put up or like the, you know, put it, spending top dollar on packaging for a product you're shipping. And not that these things aren't important, but, but you're talking about the value of the human connection that makes someone think oh, I matter to this business. I individually matter to this business because this person was willing to have a conversation with me and was willing to walk me through the menu. Uh, it feels like just like we don't have time to really self-reflect, it's hard for people to understand what you're talking about in terms of this is how you really build lifelong fans for your business. And it's the connection is so important. And it, it doesn't matter what stage of business you're at. Because if you start with a great connection and you're, you're building and you're building, but you lose that connection, uh, that's why it's always hard for us to consider hiring somebody because they have to have the right connection with people or the experience isn't the same. Mm. I, we've had a couple of students in that the connection wasn't the same. So we had people that would expressly not come in when the student was there. Hmm. So it's, it's not something you can really teach. It's got to be something that you're passionate about to begin with. And if, if you're not passionate about the whole customer connection, hopefully your partner is. <laughs> <laughs> because without that, it's just, it's, it's another Walmart, right? Like yeah, it's just sure. whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I go in, I get what I need. I pay, I leave, right? There's no it's transactional. real connection. Exactly. Yeah. It's transactional. And it's, it's kind of like, I was just, I was just writing about this uh, last week. I just changed my uh, insurance agent for my car and home. And I've had this, this insurance company for the last two years I've never had a phone call from them. I've never heard from them. I don't know anyone who works there. I don't know anybody's name there. I don't remember the person who signed me up originally. And I, this new agent came along and offered me a better deal. And I was just writing about how there should be no surprise that I changed, changed insurance providers because there's no human connection there. There's no, there's no roots there. There's no anchor point there with the previous business. It's just purely transactional. You know, it's, it's whoever's offering the cheapest price. So, uh, I'll go to whatever store that offers the cheapest price rather than, you know, what you're talking about is building those relationships, building those, uh, again, those true fans where they can't just go somewhere else because they can't, you know, that, that competitor can't replicate the human experience. That's powerful. And, it, and we even try to keep that experience with our distributors and our suppliers. Um, our, our coffee supplier will come in and he'll sit down for an hour because we know his backstory. It's not just the coffee anymore. We had um, our investment guy pop in last week. He was in for an hour because 
bless you. <laughs> you're, you're not leaving here until I have your story because we need a connection if you're going to continue working with us. I love that. Is, is that, I mean, have you found yourself talking, which thank you for the bless you, but I muted my mic for the <laughs> big sneeze I had. Do you ever come across business owners who just don't share that same thinking or that, that same, same patience, that same, you know, the coffee guy comes in willing to sit down for an hour and have a conversation with this person. Again, we're a real fast paced culture. Do you ever find yourself talking to people who just don't get it? Quite often. I mean, we love traveling because we go into businesses to learn about the business and the culture. And that's what traveling is for us. It's a, it's a big um, social thing most of the time. Uh, we were in Washington, D.C. for Christmas last year. And uh, the driver we had two or three times. Well, we had his whole life story a couple of days in. Uh, we also got personalized service from him. <laughs> so if you don't have the connection, there's just, it's almost like there's a black hole that you have to jump over and it makes it so much harder rather than just helping you smooth things because everybody's got a story. And as soon as you can connect with that story, you start to get remembered. Mm. And even our health inspector, uh, I think his shortest visit was half an hour. And most of that was talking about what's going on in the office or what's going on in the area and just carrying on like that. Like he was supposed to retire, but now he's not retiring. And uh, he's 10 years older than his wife, so he doesn't want to retire and sit at home while his wife continues to work. And it's just, it's those little nuggets that you get from people that really, really matter. Hmm. It's power and intentionality. I love this conversation. Don, we're, we're unfortunately out of time. Um, I feel like I could just, I, I almost want to sit down and just like share my story. I'm like, wow, this person would really listen to me. <laughs> but the power of intentionality, it does, it does tremendous for your business. And Don, I think you are uh, the perfect example of that. Tell my listeners who they want to follow up with you, they want to connect with you, what's the best way for people to reach out to you and um, stay in the know on what you're doing? Uh, well, you can reach out on Facebook at Don Berry. Um, I also have another page called Empowerment Rocks on Facebook, which everybody is welcome to. It's a, a non-judgmental group that you can come in and just lay it all out there. Uh, if you are looking for coaching, my website's dawnmberry.com and you can go through the stages there. Uh, or you can actually text message me at 705-571-6248. But I will warn you, if you do send a text, be prepared for about a half hour back and forth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Don, thank you for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Blake. 
For our listeners, hey, if you're a first-time listener, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button so you can keep getting the podcast and all the good advice that comes with it. Also, I'll be putting Don Barry's info down in the episode description below so you can check that out, follow up with her. Don Barry, the owner of Don of a Better You and also the Red Brick Cafe and Gift House. Don, we appreciate you. And for our listeners, thanks for listening. We'll check you later. See ya.